because Japra and Northern Sri Lanka at that time was a dry belt, a continuation of the Ramanathapuram plateau in Tamil Nadu, which also used to be dry. So their only source of income was hard labor, wherever, whenever, however. And when they got school and the opportunities for government jobs opened up, or jobs in whatever went by private companies in Colombo happened, the Tamils were there everywhere. MLS, I can be very frank, the job not particularly the upper caste Vedana community who dominate the cultural and political scenario of the Tamil party, even today, post LTTE, or even before LTTE, Prabharan came from uh, a fisherman community that made the difference. But otherwise, uh, these people had a problem. And in the sense that Tamils had all the jobs everywhere across the country government jobs in foreign service, uh, what we will call the district collector or district magistrate, what they call the district secretaries. They dominated it. And let us put it very plainly, at that stage, 1950s, and let us talk about uh, the rest of it later. 1950s, a new political party, left-leaning political party, identified with the labor class, and the Sinhala poor, and most Sinhalas were poor at that time, with no middle class. They came up with all the left parties in the Sinhala community, floated the party, float and won an election against the UNB, which has shown itself as a democratic, liberal, capitalist party. And all these uh, office bearers, members, most members were capitalists, big and small. In 1956, this made a difference, and the Bhattarnaike became chief prime minister at the head of a coalition government of left. So, to win elections in future, he had to necessarily empower and benefit his constituency. His constituency was semi-literate, illiterate Sinhalas who wanted a better living. At that time, or even today, government jobs are one of the most steady income giving jobs in Sri Lanka. Farming, as you know, the class of the it fails in most of the time. And anyway, most of them were farm labor not land orders. So, to facilitate their coming up, replacing the Tamils in the job market, SWRB Bandar Naike introduced Singhala Only Act. The Tamils oppose Singhala for the same reason Tamils in India here oppose Hindi imposition. Because most of you won't understand 
the structural differences between Tamil and other Indian languages. Singular is based on the structure of most other Indian languages, the only exception being Tamil. Then there were politics involved, politicians involved, etc., etc. It became an issue. Tamils in Colombo, already in government servant, uh, government service, actually knew Singhala. They did not have, really have a great problem with learning. But a political movement started. This political movement was led by S. J. B. Shilvanayakam, a successful Tamil barrister. S. J. B. Shilvanayakam was a Uh, Tamil politic, uh, member, leader of what was already the Ceylon Tamil Congress, just founded 20-30 years earlier. But the problem is, as I said, this is my uh, interpretation. I saw Mr. Vardraja Pirbal somewhere in the group, who was a former chief minister and the only chief minister of a merged northeastern province. He is somewhere here. Right? My interpretation is when the elections happened in 1948, the parliament election happened in 1949, Mr. S.J.B. Silvan lost in Chapna. And there are people who think that Silva lost Sunday Silva or Father Silva was defeated by the Jabda Vellala committee. He was not a Vellala. Whatever that is, he took this movement to the he Eastern Province. Eastern so he went to Eastern Province, started the movement for East and North merger, and the CTC, Ceylon Tamil Congress, which was part of the government at that time, UNP government at that time, they looked the other way, so to say, when the Sigala only act came and all that. And it helped Pandey Silva, SJV, to launch a protest for, against the uh, Sigala only act. It is there the real problem began. When there was uh, in a Maidan called uh, Northwest Green, opposite the sea, in Colombo, the Tamils were had staging a peaceful protest. You have to remember that uh, Silva was ardent believer in Gandhian ways. It was a peaceful protest. The Sinhalas sent the ruffians with police protection, so to say. And the Tamil, peaceful Tamil protesters were beaten up. It happened across the country. Slowly but surely, for the next two, three decades, it became a real issue. And every decade saw a big, singular attack on Tamil. So, newer generation of Tamil youth grew up in an uh, atmosphere of animosity and anger. 
But is it remember the newer generation of Tamil, particularly in northern province, that is Chapna and recent province, had decided not to learn Sikala if they could help. Which means they became unemployable. In that situation, why has most of the jobs had gone to their parents were government employees, grandparents were government employees, that grandparents' parents was a government employee, that kind of a situation. Or gainfully otherwise employed. You had this Tamil youth who were unemployed and where we saw this as being penalized for not learning Sikhana. Or rather, not being born Sikhana. It is in that in the mid-70s we had early movements of Tamil youth protest slowly into the form of youth militancy against Sikala government was too insensitive to what was happening on the ground. They employed Tamil speaking police officers to put down the Tamil youth. With that, police officers were also loyal government servants brought them in the British tradition. They did not understand it either. This led to the formation of multiple Tamil youth militant groups that they got help from uh, outside the country, not India at that stage. They, some of them got trained in, uh, in PLO. All those things happened. They, some of them looted local banks to fund their uh, thing movement. But slowly but surely, Tamil students started dropping out of their schools and joined one militant group or other. Two, slowly but surely, these Tamil youth groups had also started bringing pressure on the moderate Gandhian political leadership to deliver our bit, so to say. So, Selvanayagam, who was aging and was beginning to suffer from uh, Alzheimer's disease and all, in 1970s, uh, he passed Vatikota resolution demanding a separate state. That was the first time. Because he was obviously under pressure from the youthful groups who were slowly but surely taking over the moment. One thing should also be said about Selvan Ayakam and the singular suspicion and doubt about him. After the protest in 1956, the Sikala Act and the police beating, SWRD Bhattar Naike, the Prime Minister, and Selvan Ayagam signed an agreement where <coughs> some of the Tamil demands were agreed upon. What happened then was three days after the event, and there was a lot of resentment among Tamils, some of whom said Selvan has sold out the community. Three days after this happened, Addressing a Tamil rally in the eastern town of Batikola, Silvan Ayagam said this is only a first step. 
implied something. Already there was a problem with this, the name of his political party. In Tamil, it is called Ilankai Tamil Arasutachi. Sri Lanka, and that is Ilankai. Ilankai was Silon was the name of Sri Lanka at that time officially. In Tamil, then now it is called Ilankai. So, uh, some of us can say that it goes back to the days of Ravana or Lord. But Ilankai Tamil Arasutachi, Ilankai Tamil uh, Government Party. Uh, that kind of thing. In English, he did not change it to uh, the same thing or translate it that way, but said it was Federal Party. So from then on, the Sikala saw the Tamil political leadership sending out different messages in uh, Tamil and uh, Tamil and English. In fact, whenever later in the 80s, when Prabhupada 80s to the end, Whenever Prabharan used to send out a message, the people used to read the English and the Tamil version to make out what was the real intent. Invariably, the Tamil version carried his real intention, whereas the English was for the international community. Going back to where we left, in 1983, likewise,
Gordon Rajapaksa said proved that you can become president without bothering about Tamil Nadu. Mahindra Rajapaksa, as I said in 2010 and even 2005, won elections without getting Tamil votes, substantial Tamil votes. But in 2019, Water Raja made a difference by saying, I don't care about Tamil votes. This also reflects in the character of the Sri Lankan government's attitude towards Tamil, so to say, now. But there is another interesting aspect you have to note. After the war ended, Mahindra Rajapaksa started in 2011, they started the negotiation, political negotiation with TNA. As someone who was closely watching it and also did something to help the process go on, I can say they were actually heading towards a possible solution. But in 2012, U.S. led an international effort to get Sri Lanka named in UNHRC. So by 2000, early 2012, TNA walked out of the negotiations. So whatever blame TNA and the Tamils today say the government did not give us a negotiated settlement, at least 50 percent should actually lie on the terms. I don't think many people here even know about this aggregate. They would have read about it, but they may not see it the same way. <clears throat> One. Two, today the situation is the Tamil nationalism within course as Pravaram saw it, the Elam project and other things, are run basically by Tamils are looking only at a political solution. But the problem there is, uh, even uh, last month, the government and the TNA were supposed to commence uh, negotiations. It did not happen. It may, it may happen anytime soon. In their perception of what is needed and the processes involved, the three Tamil parties, as I mentioned, those under the TNA, and the other two parties under Dijendra Kumar Prasambalam and the Vignesharan, they have got different perspectives, even about the processes. For instance, Dijendra Kumar Prasambalam will accept, he is an MP. He has got two MPs, his party has got two MPs in the 225 member assembly. And Vignesharan uh, is a lone MP from his party. TNA strength has come down from 16 MPs to 10 MPs now. So, anytime the government starts negotiations now with the TNA, they cannot ignore the other Tamil parties. And other Tamil parties means they have got basic differences in approach. Kajendra Kumar Pundambulam will accept something close to a confederation, not, a, uh, not even a federation. The government is not willing to give a permission. And already, as uh, Dr. Behera said, there are people within the government, possibly with the encouragement of the president, who have started saying, let us write up all the, uh, the provincial councils. Because the provincial councils were a creation of the Indo-Sri Lanka Accord. 
So if they are bound up, it is a step on India too. But that talk has already died down. Hopefully, I think it will not be revived again. Now they have another constitution assembly. As part of the constitution assembly is also the talk between the president and the double groups. Because most of the other issues that are being discussed in the constitution assembly are inconsequential. Again, another ego thing between singular parties and it. Whereas the Tamil issue, what is what they all of them agree is a national problem, is hanging fair. And every and don't see the possibility of a early solution because the West doesn't understand the ground realities. They are looking at human rights, some of them are altruist about it. Some of them are using it as a political weapon. We are dating Rajapaksas are closer to China and we have to check him at every turn. Every six months at the UNHRC, the West is going to take up UNHRC. I am not discussing UNHRC resolution in detail. The West will go back to UNHRC blaming the Rajapaksas on one thing, or Sri Lankan government, so to say, on one thing or the other. So whatever progress that is achieved in the political negotiation, even step by step, it is not going to be finished in six months. It will take about a year or two, whatever. Whatever gains are achieved, gain the seeds, will be lost next time at the UNHRC because the Tamils, particularly the TNA, think they can now achieve a solution only through the international and the international community has its own agenda. And as far as the double nest card is concerned, most of it lives uh, right on the shoulders of Mr. Samantan, who is the power, uh, leader of the TNA, and who is aging and aging. In his already Indian presence, things that we didn't expect is happening, leaders have started fighting, Leaders have started calling him a big leader, <coughs> a man in the past, etc. All of it means Tamil nationalism is becoming a dying cause in Sri Lanka. And if the government has sensitive enough to address real-life issues like jobs and equality and return of their lands, taken over by the army for their use over the last 50, 60 years. Maybe that uh, may, uh, may not uh, come back at all. It may be a slogan in the West, unsupported clearly by the Western governments, but the Tamil diaspora groups, whose children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren wouldn't have even seen Sri Lanka, they would have no intention to return home to their parental or grandparental home, and it lies in a difficult place. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. Satyavati. That was a fairly elaborate uh, discussion on Tamil nationalism. Uh, he went back all the way to the pre-colonial times to show us the differences have existed for years. Uh, and uh, the divisions which have uh, which uh, took place uh, in the post-independence period, 
eventually leading to the radicalization of the Tamil uh, youth. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the youth movement was uh, hijacked by the NDP. The authoritarian tendencies with uh, Prabhakar, and unfortunately, the politics of the NDP, where I think they did not have a political course of action, uh, a militant group which uh, completely got cut off from political realities uh, without realizing uh, that uh, you know they did not have a clear strategy uh, as to how to uh, take forward the militant struggle. Uh, without uh, actually, uh, you know, committing suicide, uh, I would say it was almost a suicidal strategy, uh, which uh, eventually led to the decimation of the uh, LTT. I think that that's the that's the uh, main reason why today the Tamil movement is so weak, because uh, not only that militant phase uh, weakened the political side of the Tamil struggle. Uh, so the post LTT now what we find is uh, uh, the the moderate sections of the Tamil uh, 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 the Tamil struggle uh, find finding it very difficult to uh, find their feet and with the rise of majoritarianism within the Singhala uh, polity the issues have gone to the back burner and so rightly you pointed out that. Uh, almost become like a dying cause uh, what is the way forward um, I mean there is there is a need for justice uh, there is a need for closure uh, there is a need to address the uh, Tamil grievances so you rightly pointed out that there are certain issues on which uh, you know if uh, the current Sri Lankan government can address them uh, but I do not know I mean there, there are question marks on whether the Rajpakshe uh, family controlled uh, Sri Lankan politics today uh, would be willing to make those concessions uh, in any way. I mean, whom are they negotiating with? Uh, what strengths do the, uh, you know, the moderate leadership has uh, the TNA? Uh, to what extent they can uh, be a force to be contended with uh, in the present uh, circumstances? And then the regional and international dynamics the regional dynamics as to what position India takes, uh, the international dynamics that, as you pointed out, constantly the issue of human rights violations, the issue of war crimes keeps coming back. Uh, again, uh, are, they, are, are, are the Western countries, the Europeans, serious about it? Or these are being used essentially to put pressure on uh, uh, the Rajapakshas? Uh, so there are a lot of open-ended questions here. So I you want me to answer, sir? Well, you can address some of those questions and then Definitely. we can open up one. More for discussion. Yes. Number one, uh, some of the European nations want them to use it only at the present point to make Sri Lankan government give Tamil their dues. What are Tamil dues? You are the Tamil leader, they won't know. Because I will give you an anecdote, one of the Indian foreign secretaries, post-war when the Tamil leader, CNA leaders came to Delhi, similar than the foreign services was similar with the Sri Lankan situation, gave the Tamil leaders one piece of paper and a pen, actually it happened at South Block, just list out five points, because I am going to Sri Lanka, 
right? The simple electoral calculation of the Rajapaksas, I would quote, if they uh, give a settlement to the Tamil, they are going to lose a certain percentage of Singhala, all in Singhala constituents. If the Tamils will support us, we can afford to risk it. But the Tamils were also playing a dual game as they played. Talking to them on the outside and telling the Americans to go to UNHRC. This double game they were tied. And two, Rajabhiksas are not the only one. No one in Sri Lanka can rule the country without after antagonizing the Holland Singhala constituents. What happened in the previous government of President Maitripala Sena? And Radil Vikramasinghe, Prime Minister Radil Vikramasinghe is a very polished person. He promised everything at the end of five years. He had not given anything to the Tamils, which is what Rajabhiksas also did in a different way. So, to showcase Rajabhiksas is a misnomer. You have no Sri Lankan Tamil, Sri Lankan leaders, Nikola leaders. Or even a Tamil leader, if he became president, can afford to antagonize that section of singular hotline constituency unless they are guaranteed something. In this case, the guarantee is permanent peace in the, and prosperity for all in the nation. After the exit of the LTT, there is a section within the hotline singular community groups. That's why after LTT, we have nothing to fear. So why give it? <coughs> but another thing, from the Tamil side, if after, before Sambandhan's departure, if they don't get an agreement, they won't get it. From the singular side, if the Rajabhaksas don't give it, no other president will take the risk of doing it for the next 100 years. That as well as the pressure application by the West, there are certain European countries and certainly US who are distinguished between this and that. They say the human rights process is one thing which we are not going to go back on. So I don't think every member in that group is will be able to convince the other to say, let us use it as a pressure point and leave it. When the Sri Lankan state missionary understand this, they also not to, get, to kill, because ultimately they will be not get anything from the Tamils, they will also lose their singular peace in the singular constituency. And some of you will know, remember, there was a huge singular left insurrection called the JVP insurgency Zona 2. No Sri Lankan state official from an attendant to the president from whichever party or community he comes from is ready to risk another Singhala insurgency and contribute to that. Yes, sir. 